You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Yes. I'd go back right now. Put me on a butt. You go with me, Regina, right now. I'd go right now. Hey, y'all. Hello. How many of of y'all in here went as a leader on Ford? I'm just curious if you'll raise your hands. There was so many good leaders back there in the back. Yes, there was tons. It was incredible. But I had a serious dad moment. We did that coming in hot song. And I don't know if y'all remember what the guy was singing when he came in hot. He had a full. He sang that live. He sang that live and he had a full parka on like this puffy jacket. And I'm looking at him like he really is hot. He's trying to be cool right now, but he is so hot. It was literal. I know that Luke kept saying that the whole time that guy was saying He's hot. That guy is really hot. The price of cool is costing him today. Oh, me. Take your jacket off, you know. Um. (laughs) He did change like three times doing his whole set. He was so hot. Um, So we're really excited about sharing this week with you guys. You know, um, Luke and I and Macy and Dave get the privilege of, of leading and and watching these four that are sitting beside me on stage um, lead every day. But, and you guys have seen them around. You probably see them in videos, see them in announcements. But we wanted you guys to get to see and hear their hearts um, and see what all God is doing with the next generation. Um, Luke and I, as many of you know, did teens for a long time before we came what, what we call big church. This is big church. Um, and it was, you know, we got, to, I was just telling them in between services, we got to the place where we realized I can only stay up till three o'clock in the morning, like once and a quarter. And, you know, teenagers like to do that like once a week or more. So when I realized that we, we couldn't, we couldn't keep up. And so we just needed some, some younger, we would say can't hang, can't hang. Okay. That's cap. I think it was not that we can't. It was just that we were opting to not do it as often. That's, Opted not to hang. Um, and so really watching God orchestrate this, the perfect people to be in leading the next generation of what God's wanting to do in Cathedral. So we're really excited about you guys getting to hear from them and getting to know their stories. Yeah, and we really think it's super. This is what church should look like. Um, Meg and I do our best to parent our kids. But we have to have other people in their lives to give them advice on, on issues. Um, they will find people in their life to, outside of their parents to get advice on their issues. And we just happen to choose, want to be able to be a part of choosing who those influencers are in their life, if that makes sense. So we know this crowd. We love this crowd. And they're sprinkled all throughout. It's not just this crowd. This is the staff crowd. But there are so many good young people in this church that are pouring into the young generation. And we just happen to think... They've got a lot of good stuff to say. They've got a lot of deep wisdom. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they have a lot of life. But they're putting good things into your kids because your kids won't always come to you about everything. We we actually recently had um, a discussion with one of our children, and she's in middle school, and so she said to Luke, Luke was trying to get her to understand that he knew what he was talking about. And um, she said to, uh, to Luke, said, I know you probably think you know more than me. And she was like, no, I, I don't think that. And he was like, and you probably think your friends know more than me, but they don't. And she said back to him, well, Nehemiah does because he's never gotten below a 97 on any test we've ever taken. 
And so that's like the joke in our home. Like, I know you're at the age where you think your friends know everything. Um, but if we can put these people around them to help um, influence what they think they know. Yes. So Nehemiah is not here, but we do have some great ones. <laughs> uh, let's go. We got a few questions that we want them to answer for you. Give us what are some of the big. Well, first, you want little, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. To let them tell who they are and what they are. I didn't. That's not on the paper. Go ahead. Sorry. Can y'all uh, tell them who you are and what you do? Yes, I am Becky, and I work closely with the teens, whether it's uh, in the capacity of Fuel, our Wednesday night ministry, or E-Rock. And um, my job title is, honestly, I love it so much. Meg says I'm in her pocket. And so she pulls me out whenever she needs me. I just serve, so you'll, you guys will see me kind of wherever. Becky's just good at everything. She's good at relating. She's good at helping you with do tasks. She's good on stage. She's good on video. She's great with small groups. She's great at ministering to people. She really is like a Swiss army knife. She can do anything. She's so good. I'm MT. I run the social media and I do the merch designs here and I help run E-Rock. I am him. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I am Nico, and I am also a co-director, the other co, <laughs> for Fuel. So let's dive in. Um, the first question we have is, what are some of the big things you guys see as the next generation's biggest struggles? I want to say the biggest struggle is making church their own. You know, um, growing up, it was hard for me because I, I knew how to do church, but I didn't know Christ. And so... Growing up, it was never really like, hey, this is how you get this is how you get in the presence of God. This is how you step into a relationship with God. So I only knew church, but I didn't know Christ. And so when church became my choice, I didn't go to church. I wasn't rooted down. I wasn't implanted inside church. So when around 20 years old, I was like, man, I need to get back in church. I need to find myself. Something's like my life wasn't going good. So I need to, I need people around me. And so that really showed me that. We, I need, I need God each and every single day. These kids need God each and every single day. We, don't st we can't just do church on Sundays. We need to teach these teens how to speak God, speak Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and not just on Sunday. Because Sunday and Wednesday is good. Sunday and Wednesday is good, but we need to teach these kids how to get in devotion. We need to teach these kids how to read the Bible, how to establish Bible studies, how to actually consume what the Bible is trying to tell them. And so once I feel like that's the biggest struggle is, is getting these kids rooted inside the church and inside the word. And so it's like, okay, bet. I, I got it. It's, it's 100%. I know who Christ is. I know how to move in life. So when they graduate from fuel, it's not, okay, what's next? It's like, I need to do better. I need to level up my rank each and every single day, get established with Christ, get established with myself and my relationship. My, my relationship with God should be top tier than any other thing. So it just really just knowing Christ and not just knowing church. I love that line. That's good. That's good. I love that. Um, I would say a big struggle is distraction. Um, we have distraction at our fingertips all the time, and we have witnessed this habit, ourselves included, of scrolling for so long, our screen time being so, like, five hours a day, which is actually crazy, and plus, and um, 
we're realizing that when you're distracted, you're distracted from the things that matter the most. And we're seeing that it, like teens are having a hard time, young adults are having a hard time even connecting with people now because they're so used to the comfort of hiding behind the screen. And I see when I used to work at halls and crabbas, when I used to serve, I would see families go out to dinner and um, couples got to dinner and they weren't connecting with each other. They were sitting on the phone. And part of me was like, you're spending a $50 steak. Like, you better look up and like say thank you. But um, I think distraction is so huge. It's not just social media, but it's distraction from what, what matters most. We're so consumed with what do I look like to other people and, and what is the world doing that we're not connecting with, with relationships anymore. The two things that matter most is our relationship with God and our relationship with people. And so if we're so consumed with this, I feel like it really takes us away from what matters most. Yeah, kind of to, to, to tie into that, um, I think with all the distraction too, um, kind of filtering through all of that information and finding some sort of clarity. Like I know just 10 years ago, it feels like there wasn't as much information. Now, every day there's a new podcast, there's a new opinion about X, Y, Z. How do we, how do we um, give biblical truths to these teens that they can stand on when they're hearing, um, you know, 10, 10 other people online you know, giving the exact opposite opinion from people who don't love Jesus and don't know, you know, what those biblical truths can do in your life. So I would say that's probably one of the bigger struggles is filtering through and giving clarity on biblical truths. I think that's so good because I, I think you're so spot on, Nico. Like, how, how do we, the expert thing is everybody's an expert, but at some point we have to go back. It doesn't really matter what experts say. It really matters what scripture says. And so I think it's one thing when they just hear their parents saying that, but to have you guys saying that in their life is, is a huge impact. Yeah, next one is measuring success in ministry, which is kind of difficult for a lot of us, but how do you measure success with the next generation? Um, I think for me, creating, if we can create a space where teens feel comfortable to be themselves, whether it's, you know, playing silly games, chewing, chewed bubblegum, but like creating a place did y'all, where... Did y'all see that Nico, the, did y'all see that? The chewed gum that somebody gave Nico, that's when I say that I, I'm, it's time for me to obs, ob, oversee teens is when I realize I'm not going to take your gum and chew it in my mouth. Nico took the chewed gum from the game and just popped it right in, just... I ain't going to do that, now too. Now everybody knows, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, if we, can, if we can create an environment, like, I don't know if y'all remember what it was like for me in middle school and high school. I was incredibly, like, socially awkward sometimes, or I, at least I felt that, that I was. Um, so creating a space where they're able to be themselves, uh, I think, creates a, an environment where they can then come to us with the things that they're struggling with. Like, it's okay to be... Vulnerable, vulnerable about this because that's the guy that got on stage and did something goofy. Like, I can, I can go to him and not be embarrassed about what I have to tell him. And then just also, like, hearing what their struggles are and being someone that, that they're able to, to tell those struggles to and be able to give them advice, I think, is a big measure of success. I definitely agree. I think to measure success is seeing this right here, this group of teenagers right here. Because when I was a teenager, I worshiped like this. And so to see them raising their hands and worshiping God is so amazing. And not only that, they in the cafe, they in sea kids, they outside, they everywhere. And so it just, they are, the fruit of their labor is being shown. 
you know, it's, it's amazing I could text my team, be like, hey, can you make a post on social media? Uh, hey, let's sit down and work on this um, merch design. It's just amazing, and it's so amazing with, even with us, with how y'all handle us, because y'all y'all trust us to do this whole service. Y'all pretty much like, have a meeting, bring it to us, and let's do it. And so amazing, because not only that, y'all just giving us the baton, and we run off from it, y'all, we are holding it together. It's amazing, because in worship, you have, a mom and a daughter singing, then you have a mom and a son on piano. So it's like we are standing on y'all's shoulders and we get to do ministry together. So it's not just, okay, go off, do it. It's like, no, we hold this baton together and let's work together and let's build this um, ministry. And that's the same thing we are doing with each one of these kids. It's like, I don't want, no, we are holding this together. Let's build this church. That's the main thing we need to realize is let's build this church. Go out and serve. Go out and serve. You need, if, listen, I, I love being outside and holding a sign that I love being on stage. So I want us each and every day, I just love that they are serving each and every single week. I think your heart, Nico, for them serving is, as a measure of success, is huge because one of their goals that they talk a lot about is if, if, you're, if these teens can find a place on the weekend where they're serving, where they're holding the doors, where they're a part of the team, where they're working in the cafe or in the nursery or in the parking lot, then when they graduate out of fuel, which is when so many teens walk away from the Lord and walk away from church, then their identity with church is not connected to just the youth ministry. Now on Sunday morning and in this service, they feel as much of a part because they belong here. So their tie-in is not just fuel. It's what they get from serving and how that fills them back up and how they have a place. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Kind of along those lines, we are very strong believers in building teens and disciples that want to invite their friends to fuel, um, want to invite them into what they're doing. Um, and even beyond that, we're, again, very strong believers that if our teens leave as seniors, go to college or wherever, um, and not know where to go or what life looks like next, that is a failure on our part. Um, if they don't know what it looks like to find a community, a small group, a church outside of here, you know, wherever they go, um, that's a failure. We want to teach them how to do that. We want them to know what that looks like. We need them to know that um, fuel is not just their home, um, that his church is everywhere, his kingdom is everywhere, um, and they, they need to know that. They need to know how to go and find that. Um, that's huge for us. Absolutely. There's actually... Uh, research done by Barna Group that shows y'all know the stats when they graduate high school the participation in church is super low and the number one thing is serving that is counteracts that when they take the ownership journey of of their call and, and who they are in Christ so I think that's really good uh, what do you guys think are some of the biggest spiritual traps the enemy uses against the next gen um, I think a huge spiritual trap is nothing new um, but we're seeing it so heightened in this generation which is mental health uh, we're seeing such a rise in numbers um, just talking to our teens and journeying with them. We hear, and it's so heartbreaking to hear how they have um, suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and fear that is just overtaking them. Um, and I say it's nothing new because we've, we're all experiencing that as well, but I feel like he wants to attack this next generation so heavily because of like Meg spoke about last week. 
If they know who they are and they know the weapons that they can fight against the enemy and say, you know what? My inheritance is joy. My inheritance is peace. And I can say in Jesus' name, even though depression is so real, anxiety is so real, I can say, Heavenly Father, please bring your peace to me right now in the name of Jesus. And this thing has to go. And so if they know who they are, then that is what's going to send part. And I have two verses that help me a lot. Um, because I'm an overthinker, and that's, well, I am, I am not an overthinker. I am a child of God, but I tend, <laughs> I am not putting that on my label, but I tend to start to overthink. And so the way that I combat that and combat the slippery slope into depressive states is um, the verse 2 Corinthians 10, 5, which says to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so when I am saying, why, am, why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking so much about what they think about me? Why am I laying in bed or crying at night? Like, why am I there? What thoughts have kept me here? I present those to God and say, what do you say? And what do you think about this? And give me your truth. And then a verse um, that is for our teens that is kind of like our, our verse that's on the back of our fuel t-shirts is Romans 12. 12, two, that says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so Christ gave us these tools because he says, your mind is so powerful. If you know the truth, you can combat the lies. And so we, um, and the enemy knows that too. And so he knows if he can get us trapped in our mind and mental health, then we won't stand for who we are. Three things kind of come to mind for me. Um, first is identity crisis, which you really uh, touched on. Just all sorts of things that we can put our identity in instead of a child of God. For me, it was an athlete. And it wasn't until college when I had to medically retire after an injury that I was just absolutely crushed and I didn't know what to stand on. Um, materialism it was another one that I have listed. I think we see it on a very extreme scale on social media and everything that we think we don't all struggle with it, but um, we do in our own ways. Over-sexualization in our world, we see it in our movies, we see it online, we see it everywhere. And ultimately, these are all things that say like, hey, don't focus on me, don't focus on God, um, focus on my shoe game or um, how I look or all these other things that we can focus on instead of God. And they're just all distractions. I want to say feeling a place in church. Um, I think a lot of us, we have that mental idea that we don't belong. You know, most of these kids feel like they don't belong. But I remember sitting in my apartment one day, and it was just like, dang, I don't have no friends. I don't have, my, I don't have, a pe I don't have no people. I don't have a circle. And it was just like, okay, I got all these people on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok that I interact with. But when I'm, in, when I'm home, I have nobody. And so I felt so lonely. And so I think most of these kids, we need to understand, like, you have a place here. You know, you have a place in field. You have a place inside this church. Because you, you know, once we, I'm let you know, it's so easy for you to become more like your other friends than for them to become more like you. And there's a gap. Because if I want to change, there's a gap. I can't lower my standards to my friends. I don't want to grow. So if I want to grow, it's either you grow with me or get out my way. And so it's just, it's really that, I serve the Lord of Lords, Kings of Kings. I'm a King's kid, so I'm gonna stick out like a sore thumb each and every single day. I can't go out to bars, I can't go out to clubs, I can't go out and do crazy things. Cause no, I need to set an example for these kids each and every single day. God sees the potential in each and one of these kids and the devil sees it too. So, but, so the devil's gonna try to mess up and make these kids, oh, I, don't feel, I don't feel like I'm, I'm belong here. I don't feel like I have a place here. But 
we need to speak into these lives, their lives every single day, say, hey, you're right where you're supposed to be. You belong here. You're, this is home for you. If you need me, call me. And so it just, we can't let these kids feel like they don't have nobody each and every single day. And I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing because for me, I feel like I wasn't a good brother as, as when I was young. And so it's good that I can be with them. I can re, low-key redeem myself and say, hey, I'm going to be a good big brother to these kids each and every single week. I think, uh, I think along those lines, too, just talking about connection, um, I think that during COVID, everyone kind of felt this, you know, there was this huge lack of connection, and we were told to stay away from each other, you know, and we kind of lost that muscle memory of, of getting together and staying in connection, but for some of the teens, like, I, I think back to when I was a teen, if I had gone through COVID, like, I would be very comfortable staying at home, you know, be very, I would get very comfortable being by myself, so I think that a big, um, a big challenge, a big barrier that these teens are going through is like, why do we need to get together? Why do we need to have connection? Um, and I think a lot of that stems from, stems from COVID, but also just, you know, there's always been that push, but that just created an opportunity, I think, to get these kids out of connection. And if they don't have that muscle memory, like some of us do, of getting back in connection, why do they want to, you know? So I think creating opportunities for them to, to just be together, to just spend time together with people that are going after the same thing. Um, people that have the same values, that have those spiritual truths in their life. I think it's a really big deal. I think it's so important what you guys are saying because, you know, you talk about loneliness, you talk about the mental health, and you talk about being connected. And um, the truth is, you know, Scripture talks about what was done on the cross is what forgave us of our sins, what Jesus' blood forgave us of our sins. But the Scripture says, confess to one another to be healed. And so there's something about whenever you have a group and you don't feel alone and you're confessing that that healing happens. And so then the power of what Becky's talking about to take every thought captive and, and to renew of your mind, that process really, that we were designed by God to do that with a group of people. And so it's no shock that the enemy really wants to isolate, make people feel lonely, really make people feel like they don't have a part. Um, because if he can get that happen, then he stops the healing from happening. Absolutely. So what methods do you feel like the church needs to have to reach this next generation? Um, I think that, uh, again, creating those opportunities for, for teens to spend time together, uh, to just get to know each other, to be in community. Um, a big push for us is doing things outside of Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights are really great. We have a lot of fun. We, we get to worship together. But creating a time when it's like Friday afternoon and it's summer and they don't know where to go, like creating sports for that. Um, or... Uh, just getting together in a Bible study. Uh, we want to be starting Bible studies soon so that we can have real, just authentic connection. Um, so I think bringing that authenticity piece to it, bringing that regular just hanging out, face-to-face -face conversation is a good method that we can use to really bring teens back into And into I, I think you guys are doing a great job of that. If you guys aren't following um, Fuel on Instagram or on Facebook, I encourage you to, especially if you have a teen, because I love that my child's calendar is full of Fuel stuff. So when they're going to Fuel on Wednesday, and then Friday they've got Sports Day, and then Bonfire on Friday night, and Acoustic Worship on this night, and then Bible Study starting up in small groups. I love the fact that that is what they're, they're full, their little schedules are full of. I agree. Um, I... 
echoing off of Nico, I think um, discipleship is so huge for the church to have, and that happens through small groups and, and through Bible study. So same answer, but just to extend off of it, I think it's so important that when the teens come in, it's not just a surface level of, hey, how are you doing? Or I saw, I saw that you did this event on Instagram, and so how did that go? But it's a, I know you. Like, I know your thought patterns. I know what you're into right now, and I want to take you by the hand. And I want to walk through this with you. And not just give you advice, but give you practical ways to step through it and then give you biblical truth. And so it's not just good advice. You're like, okay, I'll take that. But it's, it's the truth of the word. And that happens through knowing, through knowing the word, through Bible studies. Yeah, I want to say time and connection. Um, and this really came to me at Forward to Forward weekend when I, watching those kids worship was my favorite thing of that whole weekend. They, it was just amazing. And it was just... For and a leader came to me and she was like, "So like, what was like, what was God telling you?" And I'm like, "I really didn't hear anything because I didn't put myself in that like position to hear something from God because I was so focused on these kids that whole weekend." And it's so and so much of for young adults too. We need time with people. We need time with people for that's older than us. And I after that I came to Luke and Max. I, I just want to spend more time with y'all. I, that's all I want because when I'm with them, I feel I, I get filled up, and I don't want to walk in a Wednesday halfway full, and that's selfish to these kids. I don't want, I don't want to walk in and get them sippy cups of what I have in my mind. No, I want to get them full wisdom, full um, full words that the, God's telling me each and every single week. And so it's just amazing because it's not just I can walk in Luke's office and have a conversation with him, and it's amazing. I can talk, I can ask him about family stuff. Um, business stuff and it just the conversation we can joke around we talk and it's just amazing then it's like okay he invited me to his home now I see how he run his household now I see how he handled his kids now I see how he treat his wife now those are the aspects I want in my in my relationship and it's not just and one thing I love about it he listens if you're a leader and you're a mentor your biggest asset is being a listener these kids just want to be heard that's all they don't want nobody that's going to keep talking, a leader that's going to keep talking. No, no, no. Listen, when I listen to these kids each and every single week, the Holy Spirit is giving me the words, the right words to say. And I'm not, just not coming out words out of my head. And so the time and connection, I, the time and connection I stay with them is amazing because now, like E-Rock, Tuesday and Wednesdays, they they with us every single day. We get to have lunch with them. They get to learn how we do church around in the, in the, on the backstage. And it's so amazing that they, it's not just us that planned this whole sh service. They did it too. And so it's just amazing that we get to spend time with them each and every single week. And now they see how we do life. Now they see how a man of God supposed to act. Now they see how a woman of God supposed to act. So it's just the time of connection. It's, it's just being a good role model and to spend time with the right people. That's good. That's good. One day I'm going to teach you how to dance too. That'll be. <laughs> In our time, and you. In our time in youth ministry so far, something we've heard a lot is either I'm too old or um, I'm kind of losing my touch with teens um, or I'm just kind of just not there anymore. And we just think it's so important that the church knows as a whole that, that that's a huge lie that we can easily make ourselves believe. Um, and at the end of the day, these teens aren't looking for somebody that, that dresses like them, talks like them, um, dresses like them, talks like them. 
Music, yeah, same music as them. They have their peers to do that. Just like MT said, they're looking for somebody that will listen to them um, and just want to do life with them. And to do that, we need people of all different walks of life, ages, um, backgrounds, and stories. We need your help to do that. So please don't feel discouraged by um, just your how old you are your, or your story or how cool you are because I'm not very cool, but I like hanging out with teenagers, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and hey, Jesus stood out from the world in a way that was very different from, you know, culture. So we need people that are willing to do that. I love that line, Jen. I love that. Um, so before we go and before we end this, what I thought would be fun to wrap up is if you guys, you seem like you guys have a wealth of knowledge. Do you guys really appreciate the depth of, it's, yeah, I, um. There's, there's something really exciting about the future when you hear a group of young 20-year-olds get up and talk about how passionate they are about truth, about the Word of God, about standing on the Word of God, and about raising up the next generation, and that they're giving their lives to do that. That is a really, um, it's a really exciting time to be a part of this with you guys. And so what I, what I thought would be fun is if you guys, we know your story of how you got here, but would you just take a minute or two and tell them so they know when they see you in the hallway or they see you around, how did you get, where, what led you to be where you are right now? Um, so back in 1996, no, I'm joking. I, um, so I was, (laughs) see, he does it too. You talked about the teens calling you old. You just called me old. Two years older than, anyway. Thank you. I know I'm not old yet. So, um, I grew up in this church. I remember Kids Power Hour, which was... Sea Kids. Sea Kids, yep. Um, KPH, yeah, KPH, got some hand claps. Um, and I remember just them throwing, like, like little frogs at us, and that's how I learned the creation of the world. Um, and that's, like, my, like, first memory at the church. Um, but we weren't plugged in. We, you know, my family didn't serve. Um, we came in and out. And I just remember distinctly this one time, had to have been young, um, and I remember it was after Saturday night church, we went up on the porch and my parents were arguing and they said, why do we go to church if nothing changes on Monday? Um, And so what that did in me, I know that that's a deep, you know, comment to make, but what that did in me at a young age is decipher, so God has more than this. And so I had a truth in my heart that God does have a good plan. Um, And so fast forward, I, um, you know, put my identity in my friendships and relationships, put my worth in that. I was always scared of the future, and that's just kind of who I was in that season of life, big season. And... um, I remember I was in the I was with the wrong crowd of people and my dad he sits at the same spot every week there he is um, he was like you're going to forward conference whether you like it or not go and dad. so go dad <laughs> and so that's why I always talk to the teens and they're nervous and they're like my parents are making me go I'm like I remember that I was there um, and so he was like you're going to forward and um, I thank him every day now for that because I had a real encounter with Jesus in 2015 when I went to Ford Conference and I just remember him saying come as you are, come broken, come confused, come um, and I will replace that fear of the future with purpose, I'll replace that putting your identity in other people, I'll put it in who you really are and um, everything changed from there. I remember getting involved in Fuel and um, and I love these teens with all my heart. I mean, they are just, I can't look at them too long. I'm sorry, kind. But um, 
I was, I'm a younger sister, my sister's older than me, and I remember just always wanted to be a big sister, like um, MT was talking about, but brother. And I just wanted someone to look up to me. I want to be able to take them by the hand and say, me too, and let's walk through this together. You're not alone. Um, to watch them say no to things that we wish we would have said no to, to, to you know, them avoid some things that we went through. And so that's why I'm here today. Uh, this church has poured so much into me. Can't look at them too much either. I'll start crying. But Megan, Luke, they've, I'm the woman I am today because of um, their leadership. And so that's why I'm here. Um, so I grew up at this church too. Um, my mom, she was serving every single week, Saturday and Sunday. So I've been here. She didn't trust us to be home by ourselves. So, uh, so I pretty much grew up here. And when church became my choice, I was like, "Bet I'm not going to church no more." And but it was just amazing how God like draw me back into like back home. You know, I didn't go to a whole different church. I came right back to Cathedral, and it was amazing how that. Me just going just a little bit, and I think it was amazing that Dave knew me since I was like a kid. And I was like, these people know me. They didn't see me since I was like 14, 15 years old. And just him just grabbing a hold on me and was like, this kid has gills. This kid, this kid has something. And with just small little things like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? I'm like, like why he got me doing all these crazy stuff? Like. I'm just, I'm really just a regular guy. And it was just, it was amazing because now I see it now because it was like he was testing my limits and what I can do. And I'm just so grateful for this whole leadership for putting us through the things that they put us through. And so, because that's how we grew, that's how we grow in, in life. And I just want to say it was just being around them made me who I am now. You know, just being with them, this is family. I'm going to let y'all know. This, everybody, we are, we are family. And it's, uh, and it's not just that, like, when I walk inside this building, I know this is home. When I walk inside Megan Lou's house, I know this is home. They say I'm welcome at, this, at their house anytime. And I can literally walk in, kick my feet up, grab me a cup of water, and relax. And that's, that's, what, I, that's what we love. And so it's just amazing how God would take you through steps. You know, I think as kids they see a lot of things before their time and for anything I think it's as leaders as if we grab a hold of them and we could teach them what is truth and what is God's plan for them each and every single day God has a plan for these kids they have he has a future and he has a hope for them every single day and we just want to establish that and I think I'm so glad that I have leaders to establish that in my own life you know when they asked me to come on staff I was like me like what like what I'm, what I'm gonna do and it's just crazy because like Luke would say you gotta have a gift for this you gotta give him like all right man all right chill out cuz <laughs> but it was just it's so you need people to call things out of you and I'm just so blessed for like even Risha and David for the young group um small group that was amazing that touch that actually grew me a lot for the period of time we did that and I'm telling you these people around here they would change you so I'm, I'm so grateful for the pastoral staff for allowing us to come inside their home and do what we do. And I'm so grateful for Risha and Dave for allowing us to be inside their homes. I'm so glad to, for my parents for allowing me to be who I am, for teaching me things. So uh, I just think for that's just my journey of just learning and being a sponge everywhere I go. So.
So I grew up Catholic, um, and I didn't really find that relationship piece with the Lord until later in high school and early through college. Um, and I want to start by saying that when I started wanting to get into ministry, it was very much just whispers from the Lord. Nobody was necessarily speaking words over me. Nobody told me I had anointing. Nobody stopped me in the grocery store to say, you're going to do things with teenagers. It was just whispers from God. And I was like, I would love to do that. But I kind of felt like... I don't, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should, and maybe it should be somebody else, but God just put me in a place where I had to depend on him and his word, and what I learned I could do only through him. So we were in New York, and I found this position online for a director of a youth ministry, working with military teens, and God just took me through that eight-step interview process. I ended up getting the job. It was a very, very long process, but um, it was ended up being so sweet, and we spent about a year and a half, two years working with these military teens in New York um, in Fort Drum, and it was just very sweet. We learned so much, and we kind of, I knew, I was like, I don't ever want to do anything else. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, um, so I guess I'll let you talk on what brought us here specifically. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, I graduated from Cathedral here uh, and ended up going to uh, uh, the Citadel where I met Jen. So um, when I was a junior at the Citadel, I felt this call to become a chaplain, but uh, I had already been accepted as an infantryman in the Army. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, cool, but I kind of missed my opportunity. Um, so that call kind of went to the back of my mind. Um, so I did the, the infantry thing for a while after graduation, uh, went to a couple of fun army schools, um, and then Jen and I got married, and we moved to Fort Benning, and then we moved to Fort Drum, New York. And um, Fort Drum, New York really kind of tested me. It was a kind of a really lonely time, what I was talking about with the, the separation from COVID, kind of finding it hard to get back into community, and also find a new community up in New York. Um, but when Jen talked about this job, it was a crazy application process. It was wild. And they're like, you're going to have to fundraise for your salary. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> if that's what you want to do, let's do it. So that, that ended up being our community, though. Um, those teens and the teens' parents, those families, um, they really spoke life into us and became our community. Um, so we did, spent two years up in New York doing that. And... Um, then my commitment to the infantry was coming to an end. So I could either choose to get out of active duty or keep going, and it would be about a two-year commitment for me. Um, so I just remember going back and forth on it with Jen because this was kind of like, I would have no job. I'd be unemployed. We didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, then that call to, to chaplaincy kind of came back um, at the right moment. And I remember giving Jen a call. Nothing seemed to be working. I, I knew that I wanted to get out. Uh, and join the National Guard, but I didn't know what that looked like. I was looking for other jobs, and I remember calling Jen and saying, you know, I think I, think I just have to do Army Chaplain, and I don't know what it looks like. I, we won't have, like, I'll be unemployed for a period of time. I've got to go to school, um, but let's, I think we just need to do that. And it was the same week that I called Jen about that, that we get a call from Meg and Luke, or Jen got a call from Meg and Luke, and they're like, hey, we're just wondering if uh, you're ever gonna find yourself back in Charleston. God's just kind of put you on our heart. And, um, and Jen's like, you're not gonna believe this. Like, <laughs> just, just this week, Nico told me that, um, that he wants to do the chaplain thing. So we moved here, and we're still able to work with teens, um, which is incredible because they really did, we did have a really big heart for the teens up in New York. And I, I do wanna say, it's important to me that I say this, that, um, 
we were, I was thinking about doing this job, we were thinking about doing this thing in New York, and we come back here for refuel to, to do things here, and you guys just affirmed me and just us so much in that, um, and you did speak affirming words over me, and I was like, okay, I can do this, this is, I'll do it, yes, um, and then to be able to come back here, and it was just a dream come true to be able to be, I guess, running their youth group that you used to be a part of and just being home at Cathedral with everybody and such amazing leadership. It was awesome. Yeah, I never thought that I'd be. What, one thing that I love about all of them so much is how humble all of them are and they're not going to brag on themselves. But the truth is, Jen and Nico, Jen came down for a retreat that we had and I watched her rock being a leader. I mean, she was, the first time I saw her, she didn't know any of the kids, didn't know any of the leaders, and I walk into the foyer, and she is dressed up like a full pirate with a parrot on her arm and full character, loving on every one of the teens. She, we were totally captivated by what she brought. We, we've known Nico, very successful career, both of them, and the Macy and Dave and Luke and I truthfully meeting after meeting and we were in these meetings and their name couldn't stop coming up. And we are watching from afar them build a youth group. Like from, there, there was not a group there. And watching what they were doing and being able to be a part of watching that, it was like God so orchestrated them being here for this time. MT, he's acting like he came, like he showed up and did a few odd and end jobs. He showed up every day at this door, I mean, this church for a year not paid, not on salary, wanting to know what he could do and serve, serve, serve. He literally served himself into a position where we thought, if we don't have him, what are we going to do? Like, I mean, he will do anything. He will do anything and create such an incredible wake of influence everywhere. I've got children, teenagers that can't sign up fast enough because they want to stand out in a hot parking lot on a weekend when they can sleep in and wave a sign at you when you're driving in the parking lot because they want to be under this guy's influence. And Becky, her life, you won't meet a teen girl that hasn't told you their life has been changed from Becky. Her ability to engage and listen and care from the depths of her heart, she cares. And so they're humble and their stories sound like, well, we just, but God, so they have been obedient to God and they have been listening to him and their heart for him is what makes them incredible leaders. And I think we as a church and as a staff are just incredibly blessed to have them leading the next generation. So as we, as we wrap up, I just wanna let us all uh, pray for him real quick. Um, I think it's really interesting that we have the, the, the group of leaders here that we do and the ones that are out here and, a church that really believes in this next generation because the truth is what is true for the world is not true for this group of people and what they struggle with we don't have to struggle with and one of the big things about that is, is we have a church who believes in the next generation and we have next generation leaders who are really really passionate and talented people and i think our next generation is in great hands so I'm excited and, about this. And as we do that, can you, will you guys, as Luke prays, will you just stretch your hands towards them? Because here's what I know is, I know that the enemy hates this. And so I know that every, every plan of attack that he could think of, um, he's working to come against this group that would lead God to him. So just as we pray over them, would you just agree with everything Luke prays for their protection, for their leadership, and just whatever the enemy wants to have happen is, it will not be of the enemy's plan, but it'll be of God's plan. And we're actually not praying for just four of them. Yes. Are we, Jen? 
No, we're not. We're praying for, there are actually five that you are stretching your hand towards. Since Jenna's got a little bambino in that baby, in that belly. Baby we don't, can't wait to see that baby. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this group. We thank you for their gifts. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for their passion. We thank you for their heart. We thank you that they, they approach this whole thing as an undeserved position. That's what makes them unique. There's no egos. There's no pride. They just simply want to serve. They just simply want to change a generation. And so, Lord, as, as the elders of this church, Lord, we ask that you cover them with your strongest angels. You protect them. You protect their mind. You protect their heart. You protect their soul. You protect them when ministry gets dirty. Because it's going to happen. And they're going to need to learn to lean on you. They're going to need to learn to lean on a church that has their back. When a teen doesn't have the answers, and they don't either, they're going to have to show them how to lean on God and build faith. Lord, I pray that you put good people around them. I pray that you put good friends around them that are their inner circle that just lift them up and build them up and speak life into them. I pray that these walls are a place that they find home. Lord, I pray that you bless them with great discernment and great wisdom and knowing how to lead a generation. Lord, I pray that you give them drive that they can't take these kids somewhere they haven't been. I pray that you give them vision that they can't take these kids somewhere they haven't been. I pray that the kids see hope and passion and joy in their heart and it pulls them in like a vacuum into that life. Lord, I pray a call over their life that just is massive amounts of people follow them. And their job is just to take those people and introduce them to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that it always stays simple like that. So, Lord, we ask that you cover them, we ask that you protect them, and you guide them. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can stand up. We're going to let MT bless you as you head out the door. He had a great word for first service. <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys for allowing us to do this. Um, one of the things, I was, as, they was, as we was praying, I just thought about a yes can take somebody a long way. You know, a no can be somebody's storm, but your yes can be somebody else's breakthrough. And so I just want to say thank you for allowing us to speak life into your kids every single week. Uh, it's, it blessed me. I know it's blessed this whole team. And so we just, we are very grateful for what you are doing. So um, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May your face sound upon you. And Lord, thank you for all you're doing for us in this church and what you're going to do in this church. We just know this generation is the generation you're going to use. This is the generation that's going to move mountains. This is the generation that's going to speak your name every single day. And we just thank you for, for your grace, Father. For, thank you for all the stuff you're doing for us. Thank you for allowing us to move mountains and to speak your name and to lift our hands every single day and waking us up in the morning that we can speak life into these kids because we know that this team and these kids is going to rule. It's going to take over and going to speak truth every single day. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.